Our guest today is Dennis Galloway, and he is the author of The Pen, Sultan's Wisdom. And we're going to talk about, you know, really where his creativity comes from as a fictional author, what his process looks like. Um, also, at the same time, you know, the, the world he's creating, you know, while the story is fictional, the world he's bringing it into is real. So kind of what that research process is like, because as somebody that's a fan of a fan of like Dan Brown and books like that, it's really interesting to me how someone can create that kind of world. So I'm really, really excited to chat with Dennis today and share this guy with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into this interview with Dennis Galloway. What is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And as always, I'm bringing some cool people that are doing really awesome things. And uh, as you guys know, we've done a few fictional authors, which I really love getting into um, the storytelling methodology and things like that. Since you guys do know, I have a, a background in Chesterton and, and Lewis and things like that. So I'm very excited for our guest today. Our guest today is Dennis Galloway. Uh, and we're going to be talking about his number one best-selling book, um, which is called the Pen Sultan's the Pen Sultan's Wisdom, and uh, I'm really excited to get into it. Dennis, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Well, thank you. I I'm really excited about being here. Absolutely. So I, I want to know first and foremost because there's always that thing, right? That that thing that motivates us to do what they do. For me, in podcasting, it was because I sucked as a writer. Um, for for you, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like what what you know what made you interested in writing? I think it was from a young age for you, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, writing has always been kind of something I did. Uh, my imagination <laughs> was a blessing and a curse because in school I was always being called on, hey, pay attention, pay attention. Oh, oh what? <laughs> what was the question? Um, so I started early writing little paragraphs to my mother, you know, poems and stuff. But I've always enjoyed uh, writing short stories and it just kind of stuck with me until I got to the point where I wanted to publish. What was that thing that said to you, like, you know, I need to publish? Like, like one of my favorite authors um, is a guy named Brad Thor. He writes thriller books. And he said the thing for him was his wife finally said, said to him one day, you know, what thing would you regret not doing in your deathbed? He's like, oh, my gosh, if I never wrote a book, it would be that thing. So what was the thing that you were finally like, I need to publish this? Well, very similar. Uh... I had a long career in the electronics industry, and that took all my time. Did a lot of traveling, a lot of other things. And I never really considered actually publishing until I retired from that. And then um, I said, you know what? I've been kind of fooling around with this for a long time. It's about time to get off the pot and go do it. So <laughs> I did. I just said, okay, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to write something. In fact, this is my third book. Mm. Uh, I wrote a couple of others before this one. But this one, I'm really excited about it because it's got all the elements I want in it. Well, I guess just from that perspective, we are going to get a little bit more into it, but from that perspective, what excites you that much about it? Well, uh, the fact that it involves two story arcs uh, combined into one, mm -hmm. which is not usual uh, because these story arcs interact with each other. Most people in uh, fiction that do a little time travel, for example, it's just them going out. Mm -hmm. Now, this one has uh, both the person in the past and the person in the present are interacting. The one in the past isn't aware of the person coming in, but, well, we can get into that later. But the point is, it's two story arcs that interact with each other and benefit with each other and the, the main characters. So it was a challenge to write, mm -hmm. but I also like the idea of writing a fiction story that had a little bit of mystery, almost a little um, magic, if you will. <laughs> But uh, it was an unexplained thing that occurred, and it took this guy on a journey that 
is unbelievable. As a writer, like, how do you map something like that out? Because I'm, I'm always interested, like, like, like Dan Brown, for example, he has several, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see there's several story arcs going on at once. And I guess, how do you keep these things coherently going so they intersect when they need to, but at the same time, you know, they, they do continue to have their continuity of story. Like, how does that work? Well, that's a challenge. Uh, in this case, I got the idea in a dream uh, for the fundamental concept. But to have that interaction going on, uh, you have to not get too involved in one side of the interaction and, and keep going with just that thread. You mm. have to stop yourself a little bit and say, now, wait a minute. If this guy's doing this, what's happening on the other side of the coin? And then you have to turn and actually concentrate on that second story arc. Uh, having them interact in this case wasn't difficult because of the premise of sure. the, the whole line. So when you, you mentioned writing three books, I'm, I'm curious when you know you have something that's going to be a book. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of things you start and you're like, no, this isn't the one. Like, I'm curious for mm -hmm. you, like, how do you know when it's the right thing to keep going with? Well, I think it's a feeling you get. Uh, it's also the market you're writing for. Mm -hmm. It's... Um, a bit of feedback you get early in the story when you kind of talk about what this is going to cover and what it what its main process is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also what piques your interest. I mean, really sets you on fire. Yeah. Because when you have a story you want to tell and it sets you on fire, you're going to go. I mean, um, that is something that attracts readers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the thing I want to I want to talk about then um, is so your new book once again is called the Pen Sultan's Wisdom, and and I'm curious like when when really you know putting together a story arc for this book like what was that process like do you you know in in terms of like drawing out you know what your actual work is going to look like before you write it? Well, no, I don't work that way. There are people that do. They outline all the chapters. I'm curious because I'm yeah. weird like that. I, I like I, I write the beginning and I write the end and I do some yeah. weird stuff in the middle. So <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I, I think about. Uh, sometimes I don't know how it's going to end. Um, I let the story carry me, and uh, as I'm going along, it gets more intricated. Uh, for me, what happens is, okay, I get an idea. I kind of write it down really quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy goes this high, this pin happens, and it, uh, then I go back and look at it and guess, well, what happens if this occurs instead of that? Or how can I add more to that so that it comes out very descriptive? It gets the user or the reader as if they're there, because mm -hmm. I like to include touch, feel, smell, uh, uh, emotions that come up when the character gets involved in something, because that communicates better than just well, he walked through the door. <laughs> okay. Oh, well. How about he tripped as he came in and fell on his face and dust flew everywhere and he felt really embarrassed. I mean, that, that has more of a um, involvement, if you will. Well, and I think at the same time, like, a lot of us have been in a situation like that, too. So I think it also makes it more real to the reader. You're, you know what I mean? Like, it brings you into the experience. Exactly. Uh, but I don't, I don't line it from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. I, I start out with a, a concept, mm -hmm. and then I have an idea of where it might go, but how it ends up actually occurs later for me in my writing. Mm -hmm. So um, when we're talking about the book, so it, I, I'm just going to read a, a quick little, little uh, blurb here, and I, I want to kind of use this to set something up for us, but it says, Through a mystical pen, a 1920s man, Dream travels a thousand years into the past to witness the life of 
a man escaping from slavery, thieving in Cairo, fighting desert wars, finding love, and on his journey from orphan to a wealthy sultan. So, so this is the question I have about that. I wanted to kind of use this a little bit as a setup. When you're writing historical fiction or, or something that's, you know, just fiction based in a historical period, what is the research element like? Because I know myself as a reader, um, I'm always like, well, that doesn't seem like it could have happened or that does seem like it. I'm, I'm very like I'm a history master. So I'm always like thinking mm -hmm. about these things. And mm -hmm. so to me, it's it's important to have that. So what is your research process like when making sure you create the correct world? Google. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, <laughs> I um, I will get to a point where I'm going, okay, wait a minute. Uh, there's money involved. What kind of money was used in that time period in that area? And how did they use it? So I'll go and research it and get some basic understanding. The dinar was a real coin, but mostly they had uh, the Roman Caesar imprinted on it and things like this. Yeah. Um, so... Yes, I do research certain key elements in there. Uh, I had a very interesting discussion with my editor in that regard. He says, well, don't they just do this? I said, no. <laughs> First of all, you know, so he and I go back and forth. But I like it as much as possible to be as accurate as I can. Mm -hmm. And then I use um, the writer's prerogative to add a little bit more to it. Sure. Because... Uh, we don't know exactly when the dinar came out or exactly who used it, but we do know that it was a form of uh, coin coinage at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess in terms of you know looking at you know fictional books as as kind of a genre, what are some of the real life lessons that we can take away from reading fiction? I think a lot of times people look at fiction and they're like, well, it's imaginary. It's it can be a, you know some people could say it could be a time waste, but I think there's some real lessons we can take from it and I, and I guess from your perspective what is that well people whether they're in the past in your imagination or in reality all have the same issues uh they want love they want security uh they want uh, food they want shelter i mean there's fundamentals uh that occur in in the human situation uh challenges you have in your life things you overcome the hero's journey is often quoted as the process that people use in writing books because it's true. Right. Uh, when you involve the human element, then uh, the storyline can be more real and you can get lessons from that. For example, uh, somebody who's trying to overcome a bully and how do they do that? Do they confront them? Do they trip them? Do they work around it? So there's all of those things that you can gain from fiction. Um, Star Trek is a good example. Yeah. Uh, there, the first one out, well, today we kind of laugh at it because it's kind of corny, but they did have some fundamental things about uh, society at that time. There was one issue where the guy was half black and half white, and the other uh, opponent was half, black, half, half white, half black. So they were just the opposite. But the fiction about that was these societies had to learn how to, how to work together. And so there was something that came out of that story, which was fiction, that gave you, uh, let's say, uh, a lesson. Uh, yeah, like a new perspective almost, because you're looking yes. at it through someone else's eyes. Right, exactly. So in, in terms of like as an author, is that something you intentionally do when you put a work together, or do you think it's just basically the reader's perspective, you know, when they approach it? Uh, no, sometimes I intentionally do that. Uh, for example, in the pen, Sultan's Wisdom, 
um, the man in the past who grew up from a child and a teenager to a young man and to an old man, going through that process, he encountered struggles in his life and he got some good mentoring from older men that, that raised him or around him. Mm-hmm. And I um, tagged that as emeralds of wisdom. I put it in the book itself. But uh, so there's there's little bits of life lessons in there. Um, for example, uh, in a negotiation in, in a market or in real life, you try to do it so that both people enjoy the process, both people win, uh, and it's not easy to do uh, right. because uh, stronger personalities tend to want to dominate and win and kick the other person around. But then there's the follow-on that uh, if you ever wanted to do business with that person again, they're not going to do business with you. Or uh, somebody else will treat you that way because you tend to treat everything that way. On the other hand, if you try to make sure that you get a good deal and yet you're not taking the guy and making him go bankrupt, giving you the good deal just because he's anxious and he wants to make a sale, uh, then it's a give and take. Uh, you have to walk in the other person's shoes to understand where they're at mm-hmm. and then have them come across the bridge to your side of understanding. It's it's a thing you learn. And I tried to include things like that in the book mm-hmm. uh, so that the fundamentals that everybody faces uh, have some answers. Well, I, I think I could stand to learn the negotiating from that book. because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a poor negotiator, Dennis. I usually ask somebody, okay, so so, you know, what do you want? And then I generally, <laughs> I generally just show them how it's decently close to what I want, and then I see if we see. agree on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes but, it works, but yeah, there's some basics, sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I think one of the important things, you know, as an author too, is the ability to create, right? Because sometimes you're mm-hmm. you're creating a new universe, or you're creating something similar to what's existed. And I, I think like, and it's this kind of stinks in some ways. I think that's kind of pulled out of us throughout life, right? Like sometimes we're told like, you know, don't be that way. And we're, we're kind of tough on our kids sometimes. So I guess like looking at that, how do we maintain, you know, the type of dreamlike wonder we need, you know, to create new worlds as an author? Mm. That's a challenge. Uh, today, there's so many things that, that distract people from even reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I'm finding is that uh, the use of imagination is very critical in terms of creating those new worlds. Yeah. And you have to present your story such that you get the person's imagination fired up. Uh, it's more effective for a reader enjoyment and involvement if you leave a little bit of the world you're, you're creating in your book to their imagination. For example, uh, I never totally described every day what color the clothes were that um, Harold wore, mm-hmm. or what color was the turban of the of Al-Hakbar. So you have to leave somewhat of imagination. That way people build the world in their mind, mm-hmm. and they're not completely dependent on every word you say. Uh, today, video games and TVs and movies give that all to you, and there's no use of your imagination at all. Yeah. So uh, by using your imagination, you tend to enjoy something much more because you're involved. You know, that that's really interesting, too, because I can think of some of the movies that I've seen that are based off of books. And they're, they're ones that I couldn't finish, honestly, because it's like in my mind, I, I'd seen it so much differently. 
Um, like like there was a series of of three films on the on the book Atlas Shrugged that came out a couple of years ago. Not that they were even like well produced; they weren't greatly produced, but the people were so much different than what I imagined. So I think that that element of of creating in your mind, like I don't know, it doesn't just expand the person writing the book, but it's it's actually uh, like a growth exercise for the reader in some ways. Yes, that's right. It is, and uh, words and descriptions are very important in that aspect. Uh, you have to learn to craft the kind of sentence or paragraph that sets the vision or the feeling or the uh, the emotions uh, so that somebody actually sinks into the story. I'm curious, Dennis, because it's I've, I've talked to so many different authors about this, is the experience of writing a book, um, you know, is something we do for the reader, but at the same time, the person writing it, we walk away with something. And I'm, yes. and, and I'm, and it's, you know, I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about like, you know, what you gain from the experience. I'm curious, what is the biggest learning lesson that you feel like you walked away from the Penn Sultan, Sultan's wisdom? Best learning lesson was how to get across my idea and do it without a lot of um, extra words that kind of get in the way, but simple and direct. Uh, for example, when I write a story, I see it as a movie in my head, mm -hmm. in color, and it's going. And I'm trying to write down everything I see <laughs> <laughs> as quick as I can before I forget. Um, so I try to replicate that imagery. And the, um, the biggest lesson I learned is you have to be working on it every day, even if it's 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. You have to keep refreshing that immersion into the world because I go into the world too and I see what Harold's doing and then I see what Al Habakkar is doing and I have to describe it and if I can't get into that then there's no way I can communicate it so the biggest lesson I learned was consistency of sitting down and writing no matter what else is going on absolutely well once again the book is the pen Sultan's wisdom our guest has been the author, Dennis Galloway. Dennis, where can we find out more about you and where can we find out more about this book? You can go to DennisLGalloway.com. That's my website that covers everything I do. But if you want to go to the pen directly and see a little video on, um, I made some book video trailers on it too. Uh, it's called ThePen.DennisLGalloway.com. And that way uh, you go directly to specifically that book. Very cool. So once again, that's thepen.dennislgalloway.com. Dennis Galloway, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Hey, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Absolutely.